Welcome to this edition of Doctors in the House. The Columbus Medical Association is thrilled to have two CMA members who are members of the Ohio General Assembly. And in this series, we will talk about what their experiences are as physician legislators, as well as the policy issues of the day. In this episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Anita Samani. Dr. Samani represents the 11th House District. Dr. Samani is an OBGYN at Ohio Health. Dr. Samani, thank you for your time today. Uh, this is our first opportunity to talk since last month's election, and the legislature has now gotten back into session as well uh, with consideration on bills. So I wanted to just start by opening up any comments you wanted to make um, either about uh, the election uh, or next steps uh, related to those issues, um, and then we, we can talk about uh, bills that, that are coming up in the legislature. Yeah, so as you know, that was a huge win. It was an exciting win, especially when you look at the margins of um, the ballot issue one passing by almost 57%, including 24% of evangelicals voting for it. So I think when you, you know, when you look at the breakdown of who all voted for it, it was everybody um, except for, I believe, white men over 65 was the only group that didn't overwhelmingly support issue one. <laughs> and Issue one as a constitutional amendment um, doesn't have any particular next steps for the legislature to take. But issue two um, is a separate thing, right? Because it was passed as an initiated um, statute. So could you just right. maybe touch on that a little bit? Yeah. And I, I guess I haven't been in politics long enough, and you probably understand it better than I do as far as the initiated statute versus a constitutional amendment. But I believe the biggest difference is that um, in order to get issue one on the ballot, we collected over 700,000 signatures and made sure the language you know, met the Secretary of State's um, guidelines. And so that cannot, the only way that can be taken out of the constitution would be for another amendment to be passed that would repeal it. So whoever wanted to do that would have to go through the whole process again. But issue two is not written or wasn't, didn't get on the ballot the same way. So now the Senate has decided to try and chip apart and take apart issue two. So they're trying to get rid of the provision for homegrown marijuana. They're trying to change the tax um, it's currently the amendment, issue two amendment said to it would be taxed at 15%. Now it's going to be, according to the Senate bill, taxed at 20%. And they're changing where the revenue stream, like the profits would go, because initially it was supposed to go to local communities and they're trying to make it so that it goes to the state. So again, they're literally um, rejecting the point of view, the desires of voters who voted for this and saying, no, we know better than you. We don't think issue two is legitimate. And that's, you know, that's just um, a power grab. And so uh, you referenced that the Senate is working on a bill and you know, we'll see. I think that we're recording this um, a day or two days prior to some of the initial provisions of uh, issue two going into effect. I think the homegrown uh, component becomes effective Friday. on Thursday. Right. Thursday, Thursday or Friday, Friday. right. Yeah. right. So we'll see whether the legislature acts in time for that to happen. Um, 
otherwise at least the process uh, will begin. And then I think if I understand it right, most of the other provisions don't begin until September, nine months, I think was what I right. understood that to be. So, right. And I think, about, uh, I think the House right, recognizes that this is probably very unpopular. So I don't know if it's going to be able to, you know, get to session before Friday um, because our session's tomorrow and then we don't have another one till next Wednesday. Um, but yeah, and as a result of issue one passing, Rep Liston and I um, put together the um, Reproductive Care Act, which now has a bill number, which is pretty exciting too. Um, but it's basically taking all of the restrictions that had happened over the past 10, 11 years, probably going back to 2011 and trying to um, repeal a lot of those restrictions. So the, the key things that we're trying to eliminate to improve access to care, to um, promote, you know, basically promote patient autonomy is to get rid of the six week and the 20 week abortion bans, to get rid of mandatory waiting periods, transfer agreements, which really don't apply when you think about somebody who maybe after an elective abortion or after medical abortion is bleeding, they're going to go to the local closest emergency room. You don't need as an abortion provider to have a transfer agreement. And you certainly don't need to have like um, privileges at a hospital. And then some of the other trap laws that, you know, we've seen written over the years. So that's, that's kind of exciting that we, um, have a bill number and we have um, the legislation will come to public health, which is also exciting. And so for our listeners, if I understand it right, and correct me if, if you have a, a better understanding of it, in terms of the implementation of issue one, there really are three kind of broad pathways. Um, you and Representative Liston have started down a path to give the legislature the opportunity to repeal laws. The second one, as I understand it, would be there would be court cases that uh, that would be filed that would challenge constitutionality um, of a law, and the courts could rule uh, certain provisions to be unconstitutional. And the right. third option is that potentially there would be people who would say, hey, we are going to behave in a manner that we believe is consistent with the constitutional amendment and let somebody sue us if they want to. And we're comfortable in, and that our actions will be successful in court because we're behaving in a in a manner that's consistent with the Constitution. Yeah, and you uh, know, you know the third, the third, framework. yeah, the third one's probably the hardest because most right. people aren't going to stick their neck out in order to prove that there's a constitutional right to do that. So I think we're trying to facilitate the process by bringing it to the state house to say let's work on repealing this so it's less expensive it doesn't tie up court time it doesn't waste taxpayer money um, let's just work on on repealing the legislation that doesn't make medical sense well you are in the beginning of that political process and uh, we'll all be paying attention to see how that all plays out Before yeah we wrap up are there any particular uh, bills related to uh, health care or public health uh, outside of issue one or two that you wanted to mention uh, today? Yes. And I would love to have doctors. I mean, I know it's kind of it's not going to happen, but um, there are two bills that are getting fast tracked because I think 
after egg on the face, you know, there's this whole, like, we need to do things. We need to make, um, pass some legislation because we failed on issue one. So one is um, this, the sub bill um, to House Bill number 51, the sanctuary bill. Um, so that state and um, local officials could not access federal data banks or federal information that basically Ohio would be a sanctuary state. And then um, 272 is to allow concealed handgun license to carry a handgun in a building or structure that's not a courthouse, but in which a court home is, courtroom is located. So small towns, the community centers often double as the courthouse. And again, trying to expand, you know, which I, again, have a problem with as a doctor, but expanding access to bringing guns into spaces that they don't belong is essentially what that bill is. And then um, sub-bill number 51 is opposed by the Fraternal Order of Police. It's been opposed by numerous organizations and they're still trying to pass it. And in Missouri, it passed and then was struck down by the federal courts. So even if it passes, it will be challenged right away. And essentially we're gonna see our tax dollars at work on you know defending a bill that nobody wants. Ohio does have uh, has a long history on on gun legislation, and um, those folks who who see gun safety as a public health issue, um, which I believe is is the framework that that you would bring to it, um, you know, would be uh, continue to be disappointed that there's so much attention paid in that area. Um, yeah. For any so of our I listeners, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would encourage our listeners, physicians, people who take care of people impacted by, you know, gun violence, please call, call the, you know, Senator, St or excuse me, um, the Speaker of the House, Representative Stevens, call, you know, if you're, I mean, especially if you're a doctor in a rural area, call the people that are supporting these bills and, you know, voice your objection. Any listeners who are interested in more information on those bills, there are links on the CMA's advocacy uh, page for accessing more information on any particular piece of legislation, or you can certainly reach out uh, to me or to Lisa Oyer. Uh, Lisa will get in touch with me, and I can get people information as well. Yes, um, appreciate your advocacy. It's awesome. Thank you uh, today for your time, Dr. Samani, and... Um, We'll be in touch soon to have another session. Okay, thank you again. Doctors in the House is a podcast produced by the Columbus Medical Association. You can stay up to date on our advocacy efforts at columbusmedicalassociation.org slash advocacy.